the Magic Mike Show, where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com. What's up, everybody? I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. And this is the Magic Mike Show, episode 431. Mr. Samich. Way too early, Kentucky Derby prep. Huzzah talk. Let's go. <laughs> Let's uh, it's been a great day. It was a very frustrating weekend, and, and not even for, for me from a, a derby prep standpoint. We'll talk about that in a minute. If you caught the Magic Mike show, I'm still mad about this. If you caught the Magic Mike show last Thursday, Mike and I were all over that card. We had uh, we were completely against Major Dude in the Dania Beach Stakes. That was the correct move. Um, we both tried beating Papa Cap in uh, whatever that allowance race was. That was the right move. Um, Cairo Consort, you correctly singled, and then when my other horse scratched, that became my single. That was the right move. How, how in 2023 are you letting in a turf route at Gulfstream in a stakes just one horse go out on an easy lead? All that speed signed on. What are you doing? I can't, uh-huh. ah, so mad at we we lost that opening leg, and otherwise we should we we destroyed the rest of that pick five, buddy. That was the crazy part about that race too, is that you, you mentioned like all the speed signed on. It was long shot speed. Generally, if there's speed that's going to 100% go, it's long shot speed, right? Because that's the speed that has one chance of winning. You're not, as a, a 40 to 1 shot who's only one gate to wire, you're not winning coming from five back on that Gulfstream Park turf course right now. So it, it makes no logical sense why you don't send a couple of those bigger prices. They don't go. The one just gets the dream trip on the rail, gets to go 24 and change, 48 and change, no real pressure, and just kicks clear going home. I mean, just absolutely destroys that field. A little frustrated with Congruent, who is one of those, the stable up horses, where, again, not the best trip in the world. I don't think wins with a better trip, but frustrating to see that horse four or five wide on the first turn again. And then you're just like, all right, like, really, we're not going to, you know, not going to have any kick because you're running behind the slow pace. Uh, so it's a frustrating, frustrating Dane Beach race all around. So there's a field of seven, uh, six other, so six rivals for the winner. And you, you mentioned it was a good effort from, uh, from candidate, the horse that won gate to wire. And he definitely kicked down when he asked, um, I mean, it, yes, he, he took advantage of, of not being pressured and he was a great horse. That is a good horse moving forward, but here's, what's frustrating field of seven, six rivals. We'll throw out Suzak, the, uh, the French invader, cause he was making his first U S start. So all the other five horses include, and then you include candidate. So six horses, do you know where candidate ranked? In a time form early pace rating among those six rivals. Fifth. Sixth. He was ah. dead last when it came to time. Well, tied for fifth with congruent, but still, it's just, and it's not like on time form. We love time form that it's great and shit just played out uh, differently. That's just racing, but it just was so frustrating that we had everything else completely covered. He had multiple horses with 100 time form plus rating in there. And, and yeah, it, it didn't work out for us. But if you did collect on that, congratulations. Uh, should I was going to say we should have wheeled it back on the pick four, but I think the pick four paid about $47. So uh, it, got, it got a little chalk in some spots. Cairo Consort got the win. It wasn't the uh, – it's not how you want it, a heavily bet single to necessarily win, but she got the win. So I guess that's all that matters. Uh, yeah, Worthington was right there, Rob. It just uh, – uh, yeah. It was it was the no. back off from Worthington that was painful because you knew around the first turn when Worthington's to the outside and then he backs off by length. You're like, oh, no. Oh, no. Like, because if you're Worthington there, I'd rather go clear and just try and win the race on, on the front end than taking that like, hey, let's go too wide, too wide and let this horse just do what he wants out front and see what happens. And it was a little bit of a tough trip for Major Dude, who got kind of stuck inside there on the second turn, couldn't quite get clear. But I don't think he had a shot at the winner based on the way that that congruent just opened or not uh, that, uh, that the winner opened up there around the far turn. 
candidate. Yeah, you're right. And again, congrats to Arne Delacour. Uh, I think the horse has now won. Uh, where I think he went to uh, Tampa, and I think he won at Laurel. Yeah, so <laughs> the Laurel Tampa to the Gulfstream Park Turf Stakes win on championship meet, just like you drew it up. Uh, it has been a good day over here, though, and I'll, let me tell you why. This is the first time since I was hired almost three years ago by the racing dudes. I'm working from home alone. Celeste, Mrs. Hey. Magic, she is. She's she's had a job since uh, since November working on the Apple Plus show Acapulco. Check it out if you have Apple Plus. Um, they're in an office now. They're going to be in an office for I don't know, not nearly long enough. I love her to death, but I it's just been I've had the speakers blasting. I've been doing whatever I want, moving around whenever I want, not worrying about being the background of everybody's Zoom call. It was you know I looked like a complete schlub until five minutes before we came on air here. It, it's been a great day uh, overall. And uh, by the way. The Detroit Lions knocking out the Green Bay Packers last night. That was nice because usually traditionally as a Lions fan, it's like, oh, we're into the season at Green Bay. You can just write down the L. But that was uh, that was a really great, uh, really great effort there. Uh, overall, real quick before we get into the racing, what do you think about the football action from the NFL? A little bummed that the seven scenes are Pittsburgh and Detroit because I think those two teams would at least be frisky. Uh, if you looked at the lines, we've got two 10-plus dogs, Miami going up to Buffalo. I think it's 11. I would bet all the way up to 14. I don't think there's any way two ends up playing in that game. Uh, without two of that, Miami team is in a, a world of hurt going into Buffalo, a team that they've really struggled with um, when the games actually matter. They, they were able to beat them earlier this season. But, man, it's, it's tough when they – when Buffalo really tees it up, and there's a tough place to play. And then you've got San Francisco uh, laying 10 flat right now against Seattle. Detroit would have been frisky in the playoffs, at least if they if they got to, to face uh, if they got to face San Francisco. And Pittsburgh has a defense, and, and Pickett, honestly, one of the bigger surprises for me from the the rookie quarterback ranks. Obviously, Purdy way up there is an undefeated record out there for for San Francisco so far. But Pickett, I thought, really came around later in the season, started playing some pretty good ball. And Pickens is a a heck of a wide receiver for Pittsburgh as well. And obviously, that defense can travel. So I thought that that would have been an interesting game for Buffalo. You know, I normally I'd agree with you, but I did see a play from the Pittsburgh Steelers game where I'm happy that they're not going to play again. Uh, they had a sack and they decided to perform a CPR move on the field. Yeah, that wasn't great. Yeah. yeah. F you. F you. And I, this is a former Steelers fan. Stand. That, I saw that and that was extremely bad taste. But the good news is <laughs> Hamlin, Hamlin is uh, Hamlin's doing much better. Uh, Peyton Hillis, that was a, a story that kind of got missed a little bit, but Sounds like he's doing better. He's already a front, early front runner for Dad of the Year award. So get those bets in early if you can. Peyton Hillis uh, saved his two kids from drowning and then uh, is on was on life support trying to uh, overcome it. But it sounds like he's doing better. We hope you're doing better. We get to talk about the Derby. You have more thoughts on that? Sorry. Just no. Just well, great. Good job of you, Peyton Hillis. Amazing. Glad that he's well. Glad that Hamlin's been released from the hospital as well. That's wonderful news today. I cannot believe that Houston. Indianapolis game. I mean, just a wild finish for the number one seed, the number one draft pick, not the number one seed. Houston somehow pulls that out. They try and call their worst possible two-point conversion play. It still works. They convert a fourth and 20 Hail Mary that should have been batted down and somehow gets into the end zone. And the Bears get to pick first for the first time, and it's like 50-some-odd years. Um, I would be surprised if they actually pick. If I were the Bears, I would trade fields and take Bryce Young. I don't think they've got the stones to do it. But that would be my move if I were the Bears there. But I'm guessing they trade down and just get a boatload of draft capital from someone. And ironically, it could be Indianapolis is that there's someone that decides to trade up for Bryce Young after costing Houston the number one pick by playing atrocious defense on that fourth and 20. And yeah, Rob's not happy about how that game turned out. It's OK. It's all right. Listen, the uh, if I was a Bears fan, I think I would want them to trade down just because I feel like our team as much as the Bears have in the last couple of decades. 
in uh, those high draft picks to have it pinned out for them. Maybe trade down because it's a little too like you're going to bomb with the first overall pick. And then the Texans, uh, if you want to be a head coach in the NFL, the Texans are already open. Lovey Smith, speaking of the Bears, uh, there you go. He's gone too. That was pretty quick. Yeah, probably got fired for winning the game. <laughs> Actually, he was getting fired before the game, but probably didn't help his cause to win that game. Although, if you're Houston, you can't walk in there and be like, hey, blow this game. And then the Monday after, like, you're fired. <laughs> like, it doesn't work that way. Because then he'd be like, hey, they told me to blow the game. Would have been a bad look for the Texans. Even though everybody knew they should want to lose that game. The ironic part is Indy wanted to lose, too. They moved up from, like, the sixth or seventh pick to the fourth by losing that game. It's the thing that no one talked about is that, hey, both these teams want to lose. And one's coached by Jeff Saturn. Well, the Texans learned from uh, your, your Mike, uh, or sorry, your uh, Miami Dolphins lose and then fire him because he's going to be mad and come out and say they told me to do it yeah yeah lessons lessons learned we got some more lessons to talk about here that we possibly learned from over the weekend derby and oaks prep and then it is the college football championship game tonight so after the horse racing talk if you want to stick around and listen uh we got a few hours before kickoff so uh you can catch mike and i's thoughts on that but let's get into it buddy right is up All right, Mike, the first race we get to talk about, the Jerome Stakes, the uh, first prep of the weekend, the only one on Saturday. Uh, if you're watching uh, live on YouTube, thanks for joining us. Going to hit play on the replay here. Uh, Lugan Knight, this was Aaron's top pick for uh, the RacingDudes.com preview and at YouTube.com slash RacingDudes. So if you if you check that out, you got a nice price on him. Our boy Arctic Arrogance, uh, he he gave, a, I thought, a decent effort here. It just it's so many points I thought he was going by. Hell, so did the jockey. You're going to see... Uh, the, the look of all looks that just completely wet farts itself here from the six in the turn. Uh, but overall, your thoughts on this race, Mike? Uh, it wasn't bad. wasn't great. Um, I, I think that's going to be something of a uh, <clears throat> constant comment for me on these three races that we're probably going to look at here. I didn't think we saw the Kentucky Derby winner this weekend. We'll put it that way. Um, yeah, the Lascano look back around the turn was infuriating. Because we obviously have this horse in the fantasy draft, Arctic Arrogance, and this was one of the spots where like, okay, we're going to hopefully win this race, move forward in the New York preps, win some more. And Lascano made me uber confident on Arctic Arrogance here around the far turn because it looks like he thinks he's got Lugan Knight just absolutely ready to just be collared and just run away from him and never can get by. And this is a concern with Arctic Arrogance now because you kind of have a little bit of the hanger thoughts here when you see this horse, because everything else was good here. I, I thought that the, you know, ranging up well here, you can see looks to have a bunch of horse and then just doesn't want to pass Lugan Knight. Now Lugan Knight also digs in phenomenally well here. So all credit to Lugan Knight in that sense. Um, but it, not exactly the, the, the effort we were looking for, uh, but it'll be interesting to see what happens when this one stretches out. And, and Linda Rice is just going to run this horse into the ground from a prep perspective. So I'm guessing we're going to see both of these horses on the Derby trail continuing forward here. Um, I don't think either is a real threat long-term. Um, I would say maybe one of the two is in the gate. We'll see what happens as they as they kind of progress. But uh, I don't think these are two world beaters. We'll just put it that way. I If of the two, I think Arctic Arrogance will be the one to make it in the gate. I thought it was funny uh, leading up to the race that Linda Rice was commenting that she thought, uh, or that she'd said several times that this horse, usually it's hard to keep weight on horses. And this one, it's been hard to keep. It is a big old fatty we drafted. I did not realize 
we got, and if you watch him like in the in the stretch run when it comes back up here again, you look at him next to Lugan Knight. He's a big old beefy boy. Yeah. Um, I know he's by Frosted. Frosted was best at a mile. Um, you know, he had that really incredible Met Mile win. I think that you know going to the mile and eighth withers is the next spot. He's going to move forward to it. Um, I would love to see them add blinkers on this horse. I would love to just let's just experiment with blinkers early in the season here, see what happens. Because you're right, he, that's he's hung a bit, and then his uh, where was it? Chris said, yeah, Chris Milo says Lascano did this last time on on Arctic Arrogance too. He's not going to lose the mount because Linda loves, loves uh, Lascano, and he's one of the best riders. It's that well, probably Franco right now, but. Man, it was just – it's frustrating when he does that. Out of uh, yeah. all sprint races, this is a one-turn mile. Sorry, go ahead. I was, you're, you're jumping in and out, so I was just going to jump in. when uh, It looked like you were cutting out there. Yeah, the, the look back is frustrating. I'd love to see a new jockey on him. I would also love to see Arctic Arrogance go to the lead if, gets the, if he gets the chance. I, I would – especially at the mile and eighth distance. They went decently quick early here, and Shadi called it out here um, – Andiamo uh, Alfarenze not going to the front changed this race quite a bit because when we were handicapping it, we were talking about how much speed was in this spot, uh, and it just didn't didn't materialize. You didn't see that speed that we were expecting. It really made it tough for the one horse there, uh, Network Effect, to be able to try and come from off the pace, and it, it just it set up well for these two horses to just keep on. I think Blinkers, I think going to the front would be an interesting uh, interesting move for Arctic Arians going longer. Yeah, it's, sorry, the internet's uh, I didn't know the internet was bad. It is raining again pretty hard in L.A., so... <laughs> Uh, I'll do my best, but you got uh, you can carry help carry this out. Um, I think we talked enough about this one. Let's go ahead and I'll pull it up before my internet shits out again. We can watch uh, reincarnate the Bob Baffert uh, uh, in the sham stakes. What were your thoughts on this one? How about uh, I pull up the videos since that's juicing out your stream? Maybe that's what's doing it, or maybe it's the rain. Yeah, one of the two. It- All right, I'll pull it up real quick. Uh, yeah, the sham was interesting. Um, Another one where I don't necessarily think that we saw very many good horses come out of this race. And that's that kind of is one of those those themes. National Treasure to me was the headliner in here. And I was not all that impressed with National Treasure in this race. I, I thought there was a little bit of trouble, obviously, uh, top of the turn for National Treasure, but not enough to really justify the effort that we ended up seeing from National Treasure in this spot. So a little disappointed uh, that, that it wasn't a better effort there. Uh, Reincarnate obviously goes to lead, able to get the job done up front. Um, it just a very odd race. Spun intended, I don't think ran very well either. Um, I'm gonna pull it up here. What were what were your thoughts here on the sham? Jesus. And we lost magic again. Uh, anyway, so we'll take a look at the sham here. And this one, you know, you had one major scratch in here in Speedboat Beach. I think that made a big time difference. Magic, you're back now if you want to comment on the race. Uh, like I said, Reincarnate goes right to the lead. Spun intended on the outside. National Treasure kind of tucks inside here. I'm surprised National Treasure didn't go. But this is one of the problems with having three Baffords. Is it's tough to necessarily know where each is going to be placed. I think that was uh, one of the problems here. It's one of those spots where, like, you just use all the Browns and the turf races in New York sometimes. Kind of feels like you might just need to use all the Bafferts in some of these dirt races because we have not seen a single Baffert really step above the rest of them up there in California yet. Uh, not of the three-year-olds anyways. We're pretty pretty confident Cave Rock is still his best three-year-old. Uh, other than about Arabian Night, those are, I think, his his, his one, two, one, one a there. Um, listen, Reincarnate, this is a horse that I think of these three I might like the best just because Baffert into the, going into the race had said, 
This horse just runs all day. And in his previous races, he was kind of a plotter. You look at the splits they're throwing up, 45 and a half right. for him to kick on. It, we didn't ever see that for, from him before. Um, Newgate impressed me enough that I, just because I thought that he was more of a sprinter. Uh, I really wasn't sure he'd handle two turns uh, this well. And, and he did it. National Treasure, if he's the, got the talent of a Baffert horse, he needs to overcome all of the things that are happening. Like right here, the rail opens. Something could have happened uh, for him to try and make a move, and then he just completely flattened in the stretch. Um, you see that the, it ended up cutting our, the the race cut off there a little bit. Uh, yeah, we can talk about it real quick. Spun intended did he took a, like a weird bad step, and Mike Smith pulled him up. Not life threatening injury, which is great to hear. I would say he's probably off the Derby Trail completely. Um, they'll probably knowing Mark Glatt, they'll probably give him a lot of time to get better than uh, after that if he even can continue racing. Um, Paxil Wallop was in this race and he'd been training well on dirt and that's all he did done. <laughs> he didn't end up taking this. So he's going back to turf. Uh, how about this? Would you rather have the horses like the, the top two, top three out of this race or the top two out of the Jerome moving forward on the Derby trail? I mean, I would take the top three out of this race simply because they're Bafferts uh, versus, I mean, I, I realize like Look, Linda Wright's not exactly known for Derby prowess, right? And, and he, when you look at when you get look at Lugan, that's obviously much better or much more proven connections when you're looking at the Derby Trail. I would expect at least one of these three is in the gate for the Derby, maybe two of them. Uh, it will be interesting to see where these horses go. Uh, we've heard Arabian Night probably going to be staying in California, so that that's probably going to be your horse that, that's going to be the favorite in the Santa Anita Derby and major preps like that. Maybe Newgate sticks around. Uh, as you mentioned, he's kind of the one who's, who's seemed like more of a sprinter coming into this race. So maybe you keep him here because he's been able to handle two turns at Santa Anita. It'd be interesting to see where horses like reincarnate, where horses like National Treasure end up. I, I mean, I know they've talked a little about Cave Rock being out in Arkansas. I wouldn't be shocked if National Treasure ends up going that path as well, something like that. Um, so we'll see where these go. But I would I would lean toward taking the three Bafferts over the two New York horses. Uh, you know, Chris, Chris and uh, Rob just put up a comment, too. I think we're both great there. These were not great horses. And National Treasure was the one we thought could be great out of this. Uh, you and I both thought this could be a really strong three year old for Baffert, his, his third best after Arabian Night and uh, and Cave Rock. But Chris says here, you know, that none of these horses will change barns because they're all right. And then he's caught them all for the Preakness. He can run in the Preakness. He can't run in the Derby. I don't. His Naira still has him banned. As long as Churchill hasn't been, yeah. Naira's got him banned, so he can't go to the Belmont Stakes. You got a lot of great horses for the Preakness. Um, Newgate, if he changes, uh, Rob says could be a Pat Day Mile horse. He'd have to change trainers, but uh, he could. He, you know, he literally could just change for that race. He wouldn't have to run him in a prep beforehand because it's a Pat Day Mile. Um, you know, let, the biggest shock to me out of this race: eight of the last eleven runnings, the favorite won. <laughs> And I think uh, every Aladzon favorite of the Sham in that span had one. So for National Treasure to lose at three to five, you know, we saw Arabian Lion throw up a clunker. Uh, National Treasure kind of throws up a clunker. This is what happens with the Baffert three-year-olds. And it's kind of a, you know, it's kind of the shitty thing about this is you go, well, which Baffert, which Baffert, which Baffert? If you played just a straight Baffert tri or a, a, a Baffert trifecta uh, box, you did really well. well. They in this race. So yeah, you get, if you play you get 16 to one. Over five to one, over three to five on that try, which is pretty sweet considering it's a, a, a six or five horse field. So definitely came in the best possible way there. I, I agree with Chris's take. I don't. I mean, National Treasure, I think to me, is still the most talented of these three horses. 
is the most likely to end up in a different barn and end up in the Derby. I wouldn't be shocked if, let's say, at least one, maybe two of these three horses win one of the Mid-American Derbies, right? The the Indiana Derby, the Penn Derby, the, the West Virginia Derby, something like that. I mean, these these seem like, especially with where Bob is allowed to train and not allowed to train, they seem like a perfect fit for those style of races. Let's see if my internet will work this time. It wasn't a derby prep race officially, but there was a really impactful race at Gulfstream on uh, Sunday. Race nine, uh, Rudder's men, odds on favorite here to uh, to win this race. But you had Mr. Ripple, you had Litigate, you had um, Talk of the Nation, a lot of good horses. And yet, it was none of those ended up winning. It ends up being the Dale Romans horse wins. Mike, that's, that's a normal thing that happens. Cyclone Mischief gets the job done. What'd you think? Ran off the screen, too. I mean, it looked like Litigate was going to run a phenomenal effort on the far turn. And the Cyclone Mischief just just puts him away. I mean, and you can see when they get next to each other, Cyclone Mischief is a big boy as well. We talked about how big Arctic Oh, my Eric goodness. Is. Cyclone Mischief is, is a – he's filled out for three. Let's just put it that way. Uh, the second quarter was was brutal. I mean, they go 23 and two essentially for the first quarter. It pops up here, and I think it's 45 and four. Yeah. So 22 and two for that second quarter, really demanding. You saw Litigate kind of run into it and then go three wide or four wide. You can see Cycle and Mischief just kind of sit right behind, able to stalk the pace and then pounce and really open up. Ends up getting a 90 buyer for this effort. Uh, really looking forward to playing against this one next time out. <laughs> like, I can't wait to. We're going to throw up the, the derby odds later. Uh, this horse has jumped up all the way to 33 to one which is essentially, you know, top 10 in the Derby future pool right now. Uh, no, this is not a top 10 Derby competitor. No, thanks. Not even a little bit. Uh, I, yeah, this race turned out to be a lot worse than I think we all expected, really is what this horse running off with it tells you. I thought for sure we'd get one horse coming out of this that would go to the Derby trail and, and, and make some noise. Um I thought we would probably get two or three. Yeah, we got one. We got one. I was even excited to see, you know, with Litigate, uh, for Todd Pletcher, was the other Pletcher in the, You know, I'll give Mr. Ripple a little bit of a pass just because he in a couple of minor issue uh, came up beforehand. So, uh, you know, we'll see what I know. Saf will probably use him next out. Because Mr. Ripple out of nowhere for third out looked like I don't know if that was so much. I think the gate just kind of in the towel. Yeah, they uh, they didn't exactly go fast there at the final. So uh, I think it was that they went what I think it was one uh, one ten and then one thirty six for the mile. So twenty six seconds there to close out that race. Not exactly flying at the end of that. So uh, not again, not a race that I'm like super excited to have anyone out of. I think you know you give Mister Ripple a shot. I actually think Tail of the Nation, uh, the the horse or Talk of the Nation, the horse on the outside of the eight. You kind of you give him a pass as well because. He didn't break even a little bit, and Rosario didn't hustle him once he didn't break. So he was just forever back there, uh, never really involved in the race. So it was interesting to see where that horse shows up next time out. I don't think he's a derby horse, but he's one where I do think you're going to see a little bit of inflated odds versus what I actually think that horse should be next time out because of how poor this race looked. Uh, Mr. Ripple, yeah, I think that would be um, one that you could probably say could could come back next race and, and make some noise. Uh, Safi's going to have him trained up down there in Florida. And I wouldn't be shocked if we see Mr. Ripple stay on the Florida trail for at least one more race to kind of see, or in the first race, I should say, to see what we can do there and see if we can get some points. Why not take a shot if you're Safi? All right. <clears throat> 
excuse me, it looks like Magic has uh, has lost us here. He's coming in and out there. It's it's amazing how rain can affect internet in California. It's like Los Angeles should have better than a lack of rain internet. Uh, throw on the screen here quickly the Derby future odds right now. So this is one thing that we wanted to talk through. It was really interesting to see some of these horses pop up on this list and where they're sitting right now. And you have your obvious favorite in Forte sitting at 15 to 1, Arabian Night sitting 16 to 1, Cave Rock there at 20, Faustin 22, Arabian Lion 25, Loggins 25 as well. Been wild to see how some of these odds and numbers have fluctuated in and out already on this year. Forte is an interesting case. He's going to be the favorite until we see him run again. That looks like it's better. Uh, Forte seems <laughs> is going to be the favorite here until we see him run again, Magic. Although I have no interest in betting him at 15 to 1. I would rather shoot for horses that are monster prices on here. I think there are a couple that are a little bit interesting. Uh, yeah, uh, we, I didn't want to bring it up just because it, my internet was so bad, but Trish was talking about so much hate on Cyclone Mischief. Like the horse, love the horse. That he's a beautiful looking horse out there. It's his trainer. It's not, it's not a question of if, but when is Dale Romans going to screw this horse up? But name me a horse that he hasn't screwed up since Shackelford was in the Kentucky Derby. Like, and he's calling this one of his best ever. The horse is going to the Holy Bowl. I'd like to be proven. I'd love to be proven wrong. I'd also love if those owners would give Kelly Von Hemel Cyclone Mischief. And let Dale Romans have some of the donkeys that they give to Kelly. And Kelly turns those donkeys into gold sometimes. Anyways, let's take a look at this. Um, looking at through the list. Uh, oh, boy. Oh, boy. I don't know. Tappet Shoes is 75 to 1. That's a Brad Cox horse that's uh, down at Fairgrounds. Uh, he looks pretty interesting. He is Cyberknife's half-brother. So that's one that I'm interested in. Uh, Tappet's Conquest is one that's, uh, I believe, with Todd Fletcher. That one is a very interesting uh, horse to look forward to when he makes his next start. Uh, what about you? You said there were a couple that caught your eye. Well, Tap and Choose is one of the ones at 75 to 1 that I would be willing to, to throw a couple bucks on just to see if you can get a, a much better number than what you'd see in the gate. I went back and watched both the Tap and Choose replays earlier today. It was in the 11 post at Churchill Downs. Didn't break great. Was dead last in that field first time out over a sloppy track. The horse that ends up winning came from mid-pack. No one really closed from out of the clouds. Made a nice middle move. Got up to about fourth or fifth. Uh, maybe about sixth or seventh, actually, and then got squeezed off in the stretch and re-rallied up to fifth. Uh, so I thought it was an interesting debut there with Flo, Flo aboard, and it was a classic flow everywhere ride, right? Um, comes back, runs at fairgrounds, and dominates a field that isn't that great, but was wildly green through most, most of the stretch, just going in and out. So clearly it still has some maturing to do, but once it's straightened out, once Tapachu straightened out, did go six seconds, for that final 16th of a mile, which I thought was pretty impressive after putting up, I think it was a 24-second, 25-second uh, prior quarter or uh, quarter of a mile. So I like the fact that it was able to kind of regain, regain that speed. Never was asked in that, that maiden-breaking effort down there at Fairgrounds. Probably going to be on the Fairgrounds circuit trying to get some points here. So I think Tappet Shoe is a little bit interesting here at 75-1. to 1. The other one that jumped out to me, and it's a horse that I didn't love when when uh, it actually won its last race was instant coffee we talked about the prep race a little bit and specifically the one horse in that race who got a brutal trip um but instant coffee here at 66 to 1 going back and watching that replay again today was a really rough trip for him i mean he was four wide on the first turn four wide on the second turn was close to the pace early then tucked back then had to make a move and the horses behind that horse aren't awful. I mean, you, I think it was uh, it was a giant mischief, I believe, that was in that one. Someone who was in the springboard mile uh, was in that race as well. So it's interesting to see some of the horses that came back out of that one as well to run pretty good. So I think Instant Coffee at 66 to 1, another Brad Cox trainee, not a, not a terrible place to go here if you're going to try and take a swing this early. 
Uh, speaking of Brad Cox horses, he's, I mean, he's got a ton of them up here. Uh, he's like the new Bob Bathurst in the sense that he's got a lot of them. One that I'm interested in had some really slow buyers, but if you're okay with overlooking the slow buyers, uh, Hit Show is 66 to 1 sitting up there. Won his debut going seven furlongs at Keeneland. He's a candy ride horse out of a tap at Mare. Um, won his second start, or I'm sorry, won his third start and got his, uh, that was at Oaklawn. He's going to be based at Oaklawn, so that's an interesting horse. You know, he's probably going to show up in the Southwest Stakes next out. Uh, instant coffee. Uh, he might go to the LeCompte, I think for the next start for him, uh, which will be at the end of this month. Uh, there's a lot of horses coming. I wasn't impressed with instant coffee in that for winning that race, but there are a lot of horses coming out of the Kentucky jockey club, uh, or that have faced and then lost instant coffee that have won and done very well next out. So it's hard for me to really sit here just based off of the class to, to go against it. Um, trying to look through the rest of this. I'm actually, I'm comparing this with my notes from the, uh, from the racing to fantasy draft here to see, uh, what else is good. Classic legacy is an interesting one. He's a half brother to art collector. Bill Mott has him. That's the problem though, is Bill Mott has him. So, you know, Bill Mott in the sense that Bill Mott's going to take his time with the horse and not be aggressive. So he probably isn't going to make it to the Derby unless he really just, uh, freaks out here. Um, Trying to think, is there a classical cat? I don't know if that's correct, or that's supposed to be classical catch. And that's a classical catch is a Todd Fletcher horse that uh, has got plenty of stamina in the pedigree. Um, you know, broke his maiden at Aqueduct. The dam was a grade two winner. Wrong. So there's some good here. And then as Shadi says, as this always happens, there's some on here. We don't know who the hell we are. I'm sitting here trying to figure out who the hell is Prince of Jericho. <laughs> yeah, classical cat is actually a California based horse. I had to look this one up who won on the turf last time out. Oh, um, and so it's it's a, a horse that they are kind of projecting may switch over toward the dirt. I know who he is now. He beat Hajazi on debut. I was there for it. Um, he beat Hajazi on the dirt, and then yep. he went to the Del Mar Futurity and got his ass beat. And Hajazi, right. by the way, is still a maiden. So uh, damn shame. All that money they spent on Hajazi still hasn't turned turned anything up. Um, what is he on here? I think he's hundred to one, something like that. I remember seeing eighty to one. Eighty to one, yeah. Um, one interesting one that I think we should at least talk about because we both were surprised this horse showed up on here. Uh, cage match. I didn't want to talk about. I didn't want to talk about him. We've known about this horse for almost a year. Almost a year. If you if you watch the interviews with C two Racing Stable uh, leading into the Kentucky Derby, I think it was actually the Florida Derby where uh, where they mentioned it for the first time. Cage match is White Abario's younger brother, and they bought this horse after they bought White Abario and saw how well he ran. I he's run back to back bullets at Gulfstream Park. I'm shocked he's on this list that he that they, because usually if you see an unraced horse it's generally a Baffert and it's generally just one of those wildly hyped horses. I didn't think Cage Match was wildly hyped, so to see Cage Match already hit this board at fifty to one was really surprising to me. No, nobody knew who he was except us and 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 uh, uh, the guy Mark within his brother was C two. They bought him, didn't they? Buy the younger Cage Match before Way to Barrio had raced. They just saw Way to Barrio train and were like, "Shit, give us give us everything in the family we wanted." Yep, and that so it's, it's with he's with Safi down there in Florida. Will be interesting to see when we debut. I mean, like if you're going to be on the Derby Trail, you got to start pretty soon here. Um, obviously, Justify the only horse not to start at two and win a Derby. So trying to to be the second one and then comparing yourself to Justify pretty tough. But I was shocked when I saw Cage Match here at fifty to one because I looked the horse up right away. I'm like, why do I know this name? And then obviously everything clicked when I saw the workouts where the horse was. Um, wouldn't bet it at 50 to one, but really interesting to find this horse, especially with, with what I've heard about this horse as well. 
Well, and, and it's not just that he debuts on this list, but he debuts at 50 to one. I mean, WHNL or WNL, whatever the hell, that's the Remsen Stakes winner. Like that horse is and, and is going to go back to Aqueduct for big races. Uh, Curly Jack is uh, targeting the Rizzo. There's a lot of good horses that are way behind him that are proven in some sense. And he's, yeah, he debuts at 50 to one. Uh, last horse I'll bring up, Disarm, because I'm there at uh, 80 to one. Uh, Steve Asmussen horse that uh, actually Kentucky Derby future wager pool two was one of the few horses that gained and he opened at 80 to one. He closed at 45 to one. He hasn't run since September. He's been off and been, he's been hurt, but he got a really nice, uh, impressive uh, win at Saratoga in the maiden special week. Got an 86 buyer for it earlier today, back on the work tab for, for the ass man. And he's down at fairgrounds. He's a son of gun runner. Uh, disarm. If you're looking for a really big long shot, 80 to one, I think you can do worse. And you could watch that uh, preview right here on the Racing Dudes YouTube channel, or that, that debut race right here on the Racing Dudes channel. I saw that you threw that up uh, earlier today as well. So it's a good timing there, Magic. Uh, I don't know if that was planned or not, but good timing there to get this arm up there. And you can watch his, his, his effort at Saratoga, which is phenomenal. One of the better <laughs> debuts that we saw the entire Saratoga we, or meet. So uh, definitely one that I would at least consider there. And, and we know Asherson can get these horses ready and get them rolling and, and obviously did well with Gunrunner and Sons of Gunrunner have been phenomenal. So don't hate that at all. Uh, it was interesting to me to see three, I think it's all three of the horses uh, that, that finished top three in the springboard mile here, sub 50 to one on this board. Uh, Wild Atlantic Storm, your winner, I, th I think it's 25 to one. Was it uh, Giant Mischief who ran second, 33 to one and Echo again at 50 to one here. So interesting to see the springboard mile getting that much love. It, yeah, I don't, I think that's just a sign of like, it's early January and we have no idea who the hell else to use. I think that's really what that means. Well, that's why I think that some of these, that's why I think that there are, is a little bit of value if you're looking for some of the horses on the bottom of this list and you're trying to find a price because I agree with you. Wild Atlantic Storm should not be 25 to one right now to win the Kentucky Derby. That's <laughs> That's wild. It's a fitting name for that horse being sitting there at that price. Same with horses like Giant Mischief. And I mean, Echo again, you could at least make a case for, but I really was not impressed with Echo again in that race, even though I thought that Echo again had the talent going into that race to possibly make the gate. So if you're going to take a shot, I would take a shot with the longest price there versus one of the shorter two. I'm trying to count how many Bob Bafferts. There's nine, 10, 12, 13 in the top. Sorry. Seven of the top 13 are Bob Baffert. We're using overseas odds here, so you can bet on the Bafferts right now. Um, yeah, no, and actually, perfect time. Car Ramrod asks, is this pair mutual? No, this is if you were, I think you were, I got this from Bovada, but if you were doing yeah. any kind of an overseas book that offers it, um, this is what they're showing. It's usually pretty close, pretty reflective of what. Is it Circa? Who do, who does it now in, in so Circa, Vegas? Circa has it up. Uh, okay. it, it used to be Win that was the best one, but right now Circa is the best. You can request horses to be put on the board. They'll generally put them anywhere from 175 to 250 to 1. Uh, it's a famous Justify ticket uh, by one of the, the owners of Slam Dunk Racing that got Justified. I think it was a 250 to 1, won like $40,000 when he won the Derby. Uh, flew out to Vegas the weekend before Justify's debut to get that ticket in at the win. Um, so Circa is one of the great ones. This one's from Bovada. Bookmaker also generally has up a, a pretty good Kentucky Derby list as well. So there, and those are places where I like to go and look at because it, it gives you an idea of what the books are willing to, to book the bet at. Um, and it also gives you timing in these, these where you don't just have to do it on the future Derby pools, right? Where it's, and it's also all others. So you're not able to actually like 
get the horse you want for the price you want. Like one thing we talk about coupled entries. I hate coupled entries because if you like one of the two, you get a lower price because there's this other horse you don't like that you have to bet on. Same thing with the all others. Like I don't really like betting all others, A, because the price is so depressed in those future pools, but also because I don't want all the others. I would much rather have one or two at 80 to one, 90 to one, 60 to one, than I would have every other horse at, at four to five and tie my money up for sub even money for months. Uh, let's talk about the Kentucky Oaks real quick before we uh, transition over to football. If you want to pull up the Sandy Inez replay, you can. I'm not going to bother because that's <laughs> I'm over two on that. Um, this was another thing that was frustrating for me this weekend because we've talked about the favorites. We were successful, tried and successfully beat uh, Saturday in the late pick five at Gulfstream. I was so excited to play against Justique in the Sandy Inez stakes using ice dancing, and she was the five to two second choice on the morning line. And then John Sheriff just said, "Now nah, I'm going to scratch Justique because she's a little off this week. Ice dancing ends up being a heavy favorite and she wins going away. But I, man, I was so frustrated that I couldn't, I didn't bet it because she was, I think she was uh, odds on in that spot. It wasn't something I wanted to play, but I guess bigger picture, we talk a lot, and this is a point you love to make that the, the three-year-old Phillies, especially on the dirt, really not good in California in the last several years coming out of here. Um, could ice dancing because she's with Richard Mandela, could this be the one that t- that changes that a little bit? Or are we still going to be looking at, you know, a Hoosier Philly, for example, down in fairgrounds? Yeah, I would, um, you know, I would say that, that this is one of the bigger threats we've seen come from California. One of the things that we've generally seen is that the, they're Bafferts that are coming, these Baffert Phillies that really struggle. And for some reason, Baffert just kind of struggles with these Phillies. You have not seen him be a player in the Kentucky Oaks, even though he's been so good in the Kentucky Derby. And to me, this is one of those spots where you had he had two entries here, both the four and the five, the four wanting to go to the front. The five should just sit off. And Ice Dancing, who went gate to wire last time out, shows this, this wonderful ability to come from off the pace. And that's what I was most impressed with with Ice Dancing here was the style of race that she ran where she sits outside, tracks horses, and then just looks dominant, like absolutely push button here around the turn. Just goes right on by these uh, the Bafferts and as well as the two. Um, I don't have done this anyway. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, like, is it? I go ahead. I do think Ice Dancing is a legitimate player from what we've seen so far, obviously who's your Philly is, is your leading candidate right now for your Kentucky Oaks champion. If anyone's going to do it. Uh, but we don't even know if who's your Philly is going to end up in the Oaks or the Derby at this point. Cause there've been rumors that, that she's going to try the boys. And if she does, we'll see where she ends up. If she doesn't end up in the Oaks, it's wide open. And, and I don't see why ice dancing, especially off this performance, being able to come from off the pace and get it done. Isn't a legit threat. Um, I do you also look at her, how big she is too. You see her right there next to the two fast and shiny and man, uh, she, she's a very developed Philly for this early in her career. So I, I think this one's interesting. Um, yeah. The Bafferts were awful. Uh, it, it was, uh, I think who mentioned it, that the Bafferts just looked like terrible on the track. Uh, they didn't run well at all. And that's just kind of how Baffert and his Phillies have been. So I, I think it's impressive that ice dancing one year, not sure how much she beats, uh, but I thought it was a, a, a very professional effort for a Philly to just turn three. And she came uh, back from a, a two-turn mile route victory and where she went gate to wire. And that was something I learned from you is that when they cut back to seven furlongs going one turn, that's a good horse that you want to use because she's got the speed, but she'd also showed in her earlier races that she wanted to go um, – that, that she was a horse that w- would be able to pass uh, other horses. So – 
I, I think this is a, a, a special we filled, you know, we have a prospect. Uh, the internet, it just keeps dying on me. Mike, let's talk about the championship game if we can get out of here. <laughs> All right, sounds good. Uh, yeah, we got a, a fun championship game tonight. Obviously, we got the uh, college football championship, TCU, Georgia. Right now, Georgia laying 13 and a half, total sitting at 62 and a half. As you can see, the Magic Mike show today presented by the over 62 and a half. That's my bet for the game right now that I put in. Uh, excited, Papa Dude and Aaron will be live for the championship game. So if you want to watch the first half live with them, they'll be there. And I'm planning on jumping on for part, if not all, of the first half uh, to talk football live, talk about live betting, and see, figure out if we can get any uh, angles there in game. I would lean toward Georgia laying the 13 and a half. Uh, I do think that they're able to pull away from TCU at some point during this game. But I don't really want to lay 13 and a half points in championship game. It's a monster number, the largest ever in BCS history. Uh, and it, it, to me, it's one of those kind of dog or pass type side plays. Uh, if you like Georgia, I'd like Georgia first half minus seven more than I do laying the full game 13 and a half. Uh, but to me, the over is the play here. These championship games generally are pretty wild. You're going to get points from both sides. TCU's defense should not be able to stop Georgia. And TCU is one of the top teams in the nation from a big play percentage. So I expect them to be able to break off a couple big plays against Georgia, and that'll help them put on, you know, 14, 21 points on the board. And if they get to 21, this thing's going over 62. My only fans page. Listen, it's it's definitely, I, I closed that down for the day too, just so that it really affected with the, the internet. Well, I mean, that's, what the, that's what the camera for is in the background, right? Ah, somebody finally realized that there's a camera sitting here pointing off to the side. You've got it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was a good plug for uh, for the dude to bet for tonight. That'll be at uh, 4.30 Pacific, 7.30 Eastern. Tune in for that one. Uh, I hope my internet's good. We can close this out real quick uh, and get going here. So thanks for joining us. Make sure you follow us on Twitter. I'm at Curtis Kellard. He's at Samobomb18, number one, number eight. Corporate Overlords at Racing underscore Dudes. Good luck if you're playing the college football game. Until Thursday when we're back for a Pick 5 show, I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. And an SEC Good homer, luck. apparently. Something I've never been called before. I'll take it. I'll take it. I, I, I mean, I bet Ohio State. But whatever. All right. Anyway. <laughs> Go dogs. Have a good night, everybody. See ya. The Magic Mike Show. Where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show, where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show, tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show, you can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com.